This is the Lost Start of Communication, hosted by Molly and Trisha. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Lost Start of Communication podcast. Today, we have not one, but two very special guests with us, Yahim and Natasha from Your Exceptional Relationship. Welcome. Thank, Thank you for so having much. us. Of course. Thank you for being here. And they are based in Malaysia. How long have you two been living there? Since uh, COVID. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. wow. So we are actually we're actually nomads. So we, we don't necessarily stay in Malaysia. The, Natasha's some family here, but we have been here since January. So it's been, I don't know, five, six months or whatever since we have been here. And we are here because COVID-19. We were supposed to go to, to Bali. I mean, that, that was our plan, the next, the next step. But, well, you know, <laughs> you know what happened. Wow. So, so you traveled there in January and then plans changed in March. Wow. Where were you based before? Switzerland. Yeah. Oh, okay. We were both okay. in Switzerland and we moved almost two years ago and mm. since then we've been kind of hopping around so spending about three months in a different country or place so long enough that it feels like you can settle down but short enough that it, it still feels a bit like traveling yeah what has wow. been the best place you guys have traveled um in your nomadic experience i personally love taiwan uh it's been really nice i love the food i love the people the energy of the place so the language is a bit tricky because it's mandarin so <laughs> but natasha speaks it fluently so that's been quite good what about you it's very helpful every single place has been so different because we're kind of comparing like Koh Samui, which is like a little beach town island and then but but in some, thailand. yeah in thailand but then one one experience does uh pop up in my mind which is where we were last summer we were in uh brashov in romania it's like a mountainous little town and we didn't know very much about the place or the people but right next to our very very modern apartment was just like these fields of grass not developed land and whenever we took took a walk in the evening we would meet up with a shepherd like a local shepherd who spoke no english had a staff you know had all his sheep and a, a tiny little dog and it was just he would talk to us and just ramble on oh in Romania and be like nodding our heads. So, so like <laughs> that experience popped up in my mind. Like it's it's all so special. It's hard to just pick one. <laughs> Some of those surprising places that you don't expect to fall in love with is the best part of traveling. You have those memories and uh, I miss traveling so much. So thank you for filling that mm. experience mm. for me. <laughs> well, yeah, and can't. I, I love the story about the the fact that he speaks Romanian and sometimes some of the best connections are with people that you can't verbally communicate with, but it's just the energy and the feeling and that camaraderie of knowing we're still human and we still connect on some level, even if we can't exchange words. That's beautiful. So tell us a little bit about first your story, how you two met and the background there, and then how you got into the business of what you're doing now and running your exceptional relationship. And obviously you must have some nice tips and tricks for your clients. So we'd love to first hear a little bit about you two and your own relationship and then what led you into this industry. 
So how we met one another is as random as how we're living right now. Uh, we were not supposed to meet. I can tell you that, but we did. We met at the London Heathrow Airport. We were going from different countries to different locations, yet we were transferring in the same place. And both our flights were canceled due to a little bit of snow. Almost every single flight was canceled within that airport. So it just so happened that in this chaotic, stressful, five, six days before Christmas type of scenario, that I sat down to this stranger in the arrivals area because we had nowhere to go. We weren't supposed to be there at all, but we actually ended up spending three solid days together because we couldn't leave. We couldn't wow. leave the darn island. So, so that's what happened. But I can say that it was not love at first sight. It wasn't one of those, you know, we saw each other and then, you know, it just all started there. We did keep in touch. And from there, it kind of grew. We understood each other's worlds a bit more because we were really different people back then. And slowly that grew into more feelings and we started a long distance relationship which took about two and a half to three years and then after that I moved to Switzerland and that's where we really moved in and got married and all that kind of stuff but it's it's been a wild ride just from the beginning (laughs) and all the different turns that it took until now. Again, very unexpected, kind of like your experience with your traveling so that's fantastic. Um, And I also know I read on your website, so you had your long distance portion of your relationship. And then did you try different styles of relationships too? Yes, absolutely. So it was within the long distance that we had different relationship styles as well. We had an open relationship and then that didn't quite work for Natasha. So we tried a semi-open relationship where Natasha was able to do whatever she wants and I wasn't. And even when we moved together in Switzerland, we still had, uh, we went, we had different phases. We went to a close relationship and open again. We tried the polyamorous route. So there was all different kinds of relationships that we did try and we did settle now in a, a monogamous relationship, which has been actually the best so far for us. I would love to hear about how an open relationship and polyamorous works communication-wise because I think our listeners and a lot of people have this idea of a relationship is one person and one other person and that's how it has to work. If it doesn't, it's it's fake or it's you know doomed from the start, which I know are all not true. Can you tell us a little bit about your communication during those times and if you think it can work for other people? At least for us, no matter the type of relationship or, you know, what kind of format the container looked like, uh, we always had this honesty and transparency between us. It might be that, you know what, I don't want to know everything, but in case I do want to ask questions, Yahim's happy to answer. Or it can be that we tell each other everything because that's what we need at the moment. But Even though that was the type of conversation that we had between us, when we had open relationships or polyamorous relationships, that didn't necessarily mean that whatever I was saying and speaking out loud was true to me. Because it was almost like a slippery slope. Like at the beginning, it started off as an open relationship because we had that distance, like two, two and a half to three years, 
I would see him maybe three times a year. And even though you were emotionally connected, we were chatting all the time, there was nobody physically next to us in that way. So that was kind of the pleasure trap that I or we were falling into is to kind of look for that. But as we kind of um, started exploring more, even when we were living together, it it was open communication between us. However, the conversation between me and myself and how I was truly feeling, it was getting a lot more confusing. So I still wanted to stand behind this idea of, you know, there's this freedom that I want him to have. There's this ideal of love and that maybe I don't need to possess Yahim. Or maybe there's not one person in the world who needs to fulfill all my desires. So I was testing these theories up in my mind and trying to gather data or proof to prove to myself that I'm this maybe spiritually, I don't know, correct person to be able to love and to share so much with other people. That was the thing I was trying to prove to myself in my head. And that was what kind of we agreed with each other too. But I think emotionally, there was a disconnect within me. And because of that, the conversation we had for a long time, for several years, didn't reach much deeper than the ideals in our heads, if that makes sense. Makes total sense. We talk a lot about how your relationship with self is the first relationship you must nurture. And so if there's something misaligned there, of course, there's not going to be total alignment within your relationship with another person. Yahim, what was your experience like with that? Oh, I'm 100% on board with what you said. And that is, you have to be honest with yourself. And that's not, it's not easy. It really isn't easy. And, and in terms of open relationship, polyamorous relationship and all of that, Yes, it can work for people. However, it's also a very easy escape. So, you know, you have some kind of issue in the relationship or with yourself and you kind of put a Band-Aid on by meeting other people. So it, it, it is an easy way of escaping. So it doesn't require more honesty than even a traditional relationship. You know, like you really got to be honest about what's there. And I was actually, when I was seeing someone to help me uh, work through some things she was challenging me on the open relationship and i was fighting her i was i was so bought into the idea that this is the right way because i had this idea of myself being more rebellious you know and i'm not buying into this whole monogamy thing and whatever that i was fighting her because my identity was wrapped up in it so there was no no way out and once it started to untie i actually realized this is actually not quite right for me and so that takes a tremendous amount of uh humility to say oh you know i've been actually wrong (laughs) and to be able to then communicate that as well so if you don't then the chances are that the relationship will eventually fall apart yeah and i would think with an open relationship it's not only that you have to communicate with one another but now you have these other people you have to communicate with too so how would you tell someone hey just so you know don't get emotionally invested because this is what i'm doing just curious what how those conversations felt you know honestly i can't tell you uh, an xy side of exactly how it went but i fairly quickly brought it up in the conversation that i am together that we are in an open relationship that we have this kind of agreement and then just let it flow from there so what i don't recommend is trying to hold it off 
in mm-hmm. fear of being judged or rejected that especially if you're interested in the other person put your cards on the table immediately and what will happen is either a person will feel weirded out that's okay uh, or they will be interested and intrigued so you can have a conversation or they don't really care and you just keep, keep going with whatever you're doing but it's it's interesting that when you put it out there and you stand behind it it's not really an issue a lot of times uh, mm-hmm. so that's quite interesting but again it comes from your own conviction yeah and i think it's huge the delivery probably of that if you go in with the hesitation of well just so you know like i'm in this right. agreement versus hey this is what it is that's really going to filter out the people that you know will be responsive to that situation and those that wouldn't be comfortable with it i do want to touch back on the conversation with yourself in the situation that you guys were in i i can relate to that so much and i think our listeners probably can too because there's so many ideals and um, things that you can compare yourself to in society and how you want to be. But if you don't actually sit and talk to yourself, you don't know what you truly want. I, I get stuck in that loop all the time. Like I want to be like this person, this ideal kind of thing. But if that doesn't sit right in my heart, then it's not going to work long term. And making sure you're checking in with yourself is so important. And I wanted to make sure to comment on that because I think it's so probably not talked about enough. So I appreciate you guys being super honest with it. Yeah. So going off of that, were there any questions in particular that you felt were helpful after asking yourself to really figure out the way that you were feeling or what is it that you advise other people to do if you can tell that they're not sure if they're actually following what their true heart's desires are, or if they're just trying to please society, just curious if there were any aha moments or questions that you think people should start asking themselves or what worked for you. For me, it wasn't just one question, but more a feeling I was starting to have. So at the beginning, when your boundaries are crossed, you're like, Ooh, that didn't feel quite good, but that it's okay. He thought he probably didn't mean that or like, Oh, it's nothing. I'm just too sensitive or whatever. And then over time, you know, like, like, like we explained, we start to have, you know, agreements about what, what is normal, what's not okay, what, what, you know, we're allowed to do in this relationship and all the different ways that we were exploring. So it's, it's, it was as if for me, it was as if I was saying yes to a lot of things because I thought that I was respecting both of our values or freedom. Yeah. But in fact, I was really ignoring the feeling I had the whole time, which is like a bit of nervousness, which could have been at that moment interpreted as excitement or adventure as you leave what feels normal and you kind of do something way, way out, like out of the trajectory that might have felt like adventure and fun. But if I compare to what was happening then, the experiences I had, not with Yakin, but with other people, compared to what we have today, it was so shallow. It was really so shallow. So it was as if I was chasing after stuff that didn't actually fulfill me, didn't actually make me happy. And maybe it made my heart beat faster, but from like a fearful, uncomfortable kind of way, right? So it was as if 
I was getting something out of um, this disconnection that was happening or taking advantage of our trust and the foundation that we built at that point and really pushing the boundaries and he pushing my boundaries. So at some point, the feeling that was the light bulb moment was really where I could not take it anymore, where I would wake up every day and be like, okay, how, how, how do we figure out this mess? Because at some point it literally turned into a mess of, you know, three people trying to make it work, trying to be happy, trying to connect to love, which used to be so natural. That was always there. But it was as if we were adding layers and layers and layers on top and we couldn't connect to that love anymore. And it was just so much drama and insecurities and conflict on top of that, that we had to just kind of like, when is this over? Just keep on picking at it and picking at it and we can't find the bottom of it. So at some point it was really the emotions that told me, not necessarily a question that came. It was just the recognition in myself that I'm hurting so badly. I don't know if I can handle this anymore. The only way I know how to stop this is to leave this relationship. So I need to have a conversation about what my options are. If we choose to change what's going on within our relationship, where can we go from here? Because right now it's actually hurting me. And that took a lot of backpedaling, as in there were a lot of things I said yes to. There were a lot of things I agreed to. At the time, every time I said yes, it seemed like I was on board, but I wasn't actually. That's huge because I think it's so easy for us to ignore that intuition and think, oh no, like you said, like I'm just being sensitive. I'm overthinking. Like, let me just try this out. And sometimes I think it's a balance because the feeling might be fear. Like you mentioned, like maybe I am actually excited about this and it's just something I haven't tapped into. So we don't want to give up on something too quickly just because we get that gut feeling. But also I think it's important that we tune into that gut feeling and I commend you for having the conversation when you just mentioned, you know, the only way out of this is to just leave the relationship. Obviously, that's not the route you took because you're still together. So that just shows the power too of conversing. When you have a suspicion about something, talk about it. It's always better to err on the side of oversharing, I think, in relationships than trying to hold things within and solve it on your own. The purpose of the relationship is to share. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, from from my side, what I can say is it's not going to be as much a question, but it's it, it is a feeling, uh, but it's a different kind of feeling I I'm, want I'm to explore. And that is where's your fixation? Like, what are you trying to get away from or what where are you fixated on? Uh, and, and that that is that is a good exploration to have. So my fixation was trying to get away from society try to be special, try to, to, to challenge the norm. And, and the reason why it was a fixation or, or why it wasn't just a, an innocent exploration necessarily was because it was loaded with emotions, right? I, w- I was not happy with how, and how society was going. And I was, you know, I could get upset about why people are living a certain way or whatever. Like if there is, is judgment towards other people, if, if there is this, this emotional response to other people, how is that influencing your life? That is the fundamental question, because you are not actually being honest to yourself. You're having a reaction. You're not being responsive. And there's a huge difference between reaction and response. And so looking at that, because we can be like, yeah, you know, I'm like so different and I'm going out and I'm doing it this way. But actually, you're not very different. You're just having a a certain mold that you don't want to fit into. And the only thing you can do is go against it, do the exact opposite of it. Well, that's not very creative, is it? 
nor has it anything to do with your actual truth, you know. Now, of course, if I would have told myself that, you know, <laughs> those years ago, I probably would have bitten my own head off. So, but that's exactly the point. If you have a reaction to that, why are you having the reaction? I love that because you come from the perspective that's different. So normally, if you're you know following the status quo, then people say, challenge yourself, think outside the box. But you're saying, I was rebelling and I wasn't thinking outside the box. So I love that angle. And I think that's something people don't talk about either. And it's, it's really cool that you, I mean, hindsight is twenty twenty. like <laughs> it took you a little bit to get there, but I'm really, it's interesting how you guys got there. So from this, you had these turmoils in the relationship and then everything got ironed out. And then you started a relationship coaching company. Like how did you get from point A to point B? <laughs> well, what you have to know is that we both were already coaching. I was doing hypnosis actually. Uh, so I was, uh, by now I've been doing it for eight years. So I was already in the space of helping people, working with people. I have worked with relationships already when I was, you know, in, in, in that space, either getting over a breakup or am I going to leave this person or not? And, you know, those kind of questions uh, or finding someone. So those are all the things that, that I've addressed in, in my practice. And at some point we wanted to join forces, but we weren't quite sure how exactly what we were going to do it. So actually what we first explored was around business and about living, you know, in alignment and choosing a career that's right for you. And then we decide actually, you know, what's the best that we can do is actually sharing around relationships because that is where the biggest growth has occurred for us ourselves. You know, we have gone from negativity, bickering, blaming, and all of those kind of patterns, plus also all the different relationship forms. So we have a huge amount of different experiences in it, and we do have actually transformed it, and we are in a place that is the best so far. You know, we, we like to say it's better than the honeymoon uh, because you're not just intoxicated, but you're actually consciously loving, and the depth and the richness and the fullness of that love is unmatched and people don't realize that they think it's like okay so it's honeymoon and then it's kind of kind of downhill it's like you know it's some of the blame yeah, it's just normal everyone does that but well is it normal but is it healthy and is it something that you want to nurture in your life so for us the answer is to that is no right and so that's why we were able to really kind of turn things around mm-hmm. natasha what kind of coaching were you doing First, I was teaching yoga and then I worked um, on energy healing. So I wasn't actually healing, healing. It was a trick (laughs) where people would relax and be on a a massage table and they would feel so relaxed lying there. And I wouldn't even need to touch them at all. I just kind of hovered above them and I would have a conversation. And uh, how Yahim and I work are extremely different. He's really to the point. He has a teaching to bring you. He's guiding you straight there while I'm really feeling the person and sensing how do they actually feel? Where are those emotional knots? What doesn't feel right? And how can we kind of loosen that up to figure out what wants to feel free and be free in and want, what wants to Um, express itself or become more expansive in your life instead of being so fear-based so that was what I was working (laughs) with people like half asleep and uh, (laughs) after that I worked with women uh, coaching women online mostly on self-worth self-love things like that which was also quite in line with my journey because I really had trouble connecting to myself speaking up for myself feeling what was going on and feeling worthy enough of love of receiving love of 
you know, asking for the things that I need and want. So that's what I help women with before we join together. Do you integrate any of those practices, either hypnosis or energy, yoga, those sorts of things into your coaching today? Well, you know, I've, I have trained a lot in hypnosis. Like I spend a lot of money. I flew to different places. I saw, tried to see the best teachers and all of that. So it is part of my, my style. Uh, I very quickly learned conversational hypnosis, actually. Um, hearing who, you know, the trances people are in themselves. You know, when you have a problem, it's usually a problem trance uh, that, that, that occurs. And so I don't use the lens of hypnosis anymore. So I don't label myself as a hypnotist, nor do I practice formal hypnosis with inductions. However, you still, as long as you're using language, there's a hypnotic element to it. Because language puts a certain frame around things, a certain way that you see it. Right? And, and if you skillfully handle that, you know, you can guide them into a certain direction. So it is part of, of, of what I'm doing, but it is not nothing that I advertise. Mm-hmm. And as for me, I have to say that I'm, I'm using bits and bobs, but not in the way that I used to, because that was limited as a tool in itself. So I mentioned how as people kind of lay in a room really dark with nice music on, they feel relaxed, right? I do that not by providing with that Environment, physical environment or space, I provide that through my presence. So I'm holding them with my love, with non judgment of what they're going through, with that openness to feel as deeply as they wish into whatever is going on in their life to meet it together. And that kind of safety and space is the same thing that allow them to relax a bit at the beginning when I first worked with people. Right. So, yeah, I love that. I, I try and I'm a speech pathologist and I try and do the same kind of thing with my kids because if they're not in a regulated state, if they're in some sort of disarray or stress or fear, like you're saying, they're not going to be able to open in my case, communicatively in your case, their heart and their real true feelings. But I wanted to ask you, um, Yakim, about when you were saying hypnosis and that lens, were you saying like when you do that now in your practice, like breaking the shield of people that they have in front of them that they're not aware of? Can you, I just want to know more about that. I think it's so interesting. So when I say the lens, the, the, the lens is that there's certain language and certain ways of seeing things. So for example, in hypnosis, you have a conscious mind, you have a subconscious mind and you're working with the subconscious mind, right? That is, that is the premise of hypnosis that the conscious mind is limited and you want to work with the subconscious mind because that is much vaster and bigger and all of that. And you actively work with that as in you educate people in it you let them know about it and all of that and of course that is already putting a framework in place right and so that's what i'm not using that is i'm not using this kind of framework anymore uh, because i don't like the idea i i like the idea of bringing more consciousness into your life rather than thinking like oh you know someone is going to do something and then the change is going to occur it's still them that's doing it, even in hypnosis. I mean, there's, there's no such thing as, as, as the hypnotist having some magical power. It's the illusion that's created that they can access resources that they didn't know they had. But for me now, it's more about ownership, about responsiveness, and about bringing consciousness into your relationships that I see is a lot more empowering and more, much more sustainable when other issues are showing up. Because hypnosis is famous for short-term change. Right, you you have smoking, you have uh, weight loss, you have all kinds of issues, and they, they, you can you can zoom into them and and you can resolve some of those things. 
however, I'm interested in, in helping people navigate challenges as they come up, right? So you stop smoking, fantastic, can have a huge effect on your life. But what about your relationship? What about other things that are happening? How are you dealing with those challenges as they arise? And so that is where I see the value of kind of development, developmental coaching, where you bring this kind of consciousness into your being and you see your patterns that makes you more functional to actually be able to address them as they arise. That's huge. So what does your coaching look like now, especially in light of COVID-19? You're trapped in Malaysia. How is that working? Well, we have an online business, right? So, <laughs> so that gives oh, a little more you guys scope, did it right. uh, to it. In in, ter- in terms of the, the the actual coaching, uh, we created what we call the exceptional relationship formula, which we have broken down in basically four steps. And and I'll run you quickly through them uh, because it can be of tremendous help, especially the very first one. So the first one is that you notice something's not quite right in my relationship. And people think, oh, well, this is bad. Well, no, this is not bad. This is good. It's actually very good because you are awareness. facing. Yeah, exactly. You awareness. You're facing reality. You're like, okay, I can get, I can do actually now something. Before you're in illusion or you're in denial or you're pushing it away, which we have been in as well. Because you have this idea of, you know, oh, well, we're loving. And there's just those small things that are kind of coming up here and there. But when you're actually honest and you face it and you see it, it can be actually a much bigger issue than you, you think at first. And so that is the first step is the awareness is to pivot, right? So I'm in a problem. What what do we do? Where do we, I don't want to I don't want to stay here. So where do we go? So the very first step is to actually pivot. But where to? So that's the second step is to dream. So what is my ideal relationship? What what kind of relationship do we want? What What is it that we want to create? What is important for us? Because most people, they go into a relationship and, you know, it's the honeymoon, you're on a high and everything is perfect. And they say, oh, well, this is how it's going to be for the rest of my life. Well, usually it isn't. And so when you start to have those hardships, that's a good thing to start actually focusing on the relationship and bring this consciousness in and seeing, well, this is what we want to create and this is the relationship we would like to have. But then you do have you a gap. Sorry to cut you off in the stream, but do you recommend people dream together or do some of that on their own, create their ideal relationship and then compare notes? Right. It's both. There's value in both. It depends where the people are at. Um, Mm -hmm. If both are on board, you can, you know, dream separately and come together and discuss and see where the difference is and then have a discussion around that. So that's a fantastic way. If you want to go right away and dream together it that is good if both are in a place of being able to express themselves freely mm-hmm. so if you are someone who's just holding back like whatever you say natasha i'll just i'm okay with whatever then you're not going to have fruitful conversation so it depends where people are at uh, in the relationship thanks thank you uh, and so the the third step is going to be trust because you have the gap between where you're at which is difficult and challenging especially when you really face it and you dream <laughs> and you're like how, how am i going to get there and it's like i mean i had that feeling i'm like oh my god like is there even hope for this <laughs> and so that's where trust and belief comes in you know because when you actually do have the belief and the trust it, it allows you to go into the next step which is to create to sit down and be like okay what are our patterns where are we playing those things that are not useful and what do we want to replace them with? What do we actually want to create? And that is when when the work actually starts is to create. And then you start to cycle over again. So, you know, you create, you realize, oh, that was not quite right. So you go back to pivot 
and you go through it and that's kind of the how you can have iterations throughout your relationship and create a relationship that's actually right for you it's not because society says x and you say y or because society says x and you say okay i'll say x as well it's not because i feel this way and this is right for me and i've tried and i stand behind it fully mm-hmm. i love that formula i've i really appreciate um the dynamicness of it too how you say you can start back at the beginning because I think a lot of people can feel like they're failing if they get to the end and like, oh, it still didn't work. Let's quit. So I like how you talk about how it's cyclical and how it's an ongoing process. Yeah. So you're working with couples together on navigating through those situations? Yeah. Uh, individuals or uh, like you mentioned, couples, because it doesn't really matter if one person comes to us because many people find themselves in that position, right? Where they've identified something to be wrong. They don't like how it is anymore, but yet their partner is not as on board as they are to make those changes. And they don't want to bring another conflict in of convincing them and pushing them to do, to do this work. So when we have two people fully on board, that's great. But if you only have one, that's also enough in a way because a relationship, at least, you know, for, for us, it's the two of us. So whatever change that happens, whether it's how they think of what's going on, what they want from now on, whatever it is that's going on within them, they bring it back to their home and they begin to interact differently. Their reactions will show up differently. And so the moment one person, one party's, I guess, energy and communication and behaviors, all of that shift, even on one side, the other person will be forced to make a decision. It's a new opportunity here. Sometimes, you know, they can actually react in a negative way. They'll get angry that, what? There's no red button for me to press so that you get really angry at me. And then we start screaming at one another. Or, what? When I ignore you, you're not bothered anymore by that? You know? So it's like all these dysfunctional patterns. Somehow they, they, they break apart, fall apart. And they're like, what? It doesn't work. And sometimes I can rile up the, the party who didn't come to see us, right? So, mm-hmm. or it can work in the other way where every single time, that person did make the changes, it's inviting the spouse or the partner to then reconsider. Because you've now created a scenario or situation that you've never had before. You're inviting them to also engage in a new way. So constantly, no matter what it is that you do, one or two or both come, as long as there's some change on some part, it shifts the whole dynamic already. So what is it? something that you found to be particularly helpful for either one or both parties? Are there any, so I'm sure you see similar patterns, different couples frequently. So if there's one, if there are one or two things that you think are really helpful for people just to start thinking about right now, would you? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I have one thing and it, it's really obvious, but when you're in it, it really isn't obvious. And that is that it's even possible. That it's even possible to have a relationship where you're not having those patterns. Mm. Because as society, like you switch on the TV, you read a book, what is there? There's drama, there's difficulty, there's challenges, there's all of this kind of stuff, right? And yes, they are part of life. Even when you have a, a very good relationship, challenges can still occur. But it's not this 
idealized version of like, well, you know, we're just going to have those kind of difficult conversations and the nagging and the blaming. That's just normal. That's old couple stuff. Well, is it just knowing like, hey, you can have a relationship that's really, really deeply satisfying and fulfilling, even if you're in a challenging place right now. Just knowing that for me is, is actually huge. It, it, it changes everything because before, if you don't know it, you, you start to settle. You're like, well, I guess this is how it is. And I'm in this relationship. I don't really quite like it, but I also don't want to leave it because, you know, I'm being alone again and I have to find someone and maybe I won't find someone. And it's like, hold on, <laughs> hold on. You're basing the whole thinking process on the wrong premise, on the premise that this is how it's just going to be. And you forget that you're a creator and that you can create an amazing, beautiful, loving, supporting relationship. Whether it's with this partner or, or another partner, it doesn't really matter. But you have that power. And that is a huge thing for people to realize because it makes so much possible. So do you think that any two people could come together and craft a really great relationship together? Or do you think that certain people just won't be compatible and that it does matter who you're finding as your partner. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. And and there they are certain people that I don't recommend staying with. So if you are in an abusive relationship, there's absolutely a no-go. For me, if, if, if there's a willingness to actually look at it and to change it, yes, even, even that kind of relationship can be changed. But uh, I'm not advocating that, that there's this idea that you can just make it work somehow you know no that's that that's not really the idea it is about being honest with yourself and you'll see if when you're honest with yourself you'll eventually find the answer if you have the courage to really look is this person actually right for me not because you have a list of things okay this is up here we're talking about the heart you feel it you know it and from that place you create so you're coming from a very different place than just analyzing it because a lot of people are analyzing well he did this or she did that does that mean we are compatible or not compatible? It's like, forget about that. Just feel. Like, mm -hmm. what's your truth? And start speaking that. And the thing is, once you start speaking it, one of two things will happen. Relationship will change and will get better and will actually go into this direction that is good. Or you're going to start breaking apart. Because your partner's like, no, I'm, I'm not in it for that one. So that is, that's why it, it's beautiful because you can just start with yourself and you don't have to be stuck in your head. You just got to have the courage to feel and to speak your truth. Beautiful. You guys are so fantastic to listen to. I could probably go on and on. And I just looked at the time and I was like, oh no, we're going over. But I've been so enthralled in the conversation. You guys are obviously very, very good at what you do. So where can people find you? You can find us over at yourexceptionalrelationship.com forward slash understand. And there uh, you'll get pretty much a much more detailed and better breakdown of the formula, the pivot, dream, trust, and create formula, because I know that it, it works. It truly works no matter how low of a relationship you're having, how big of a hurdle. I know that that healing is possible. Even if you've forgotten what that loving connection feels like, you can still go there. So in that um, link, you can also find kind of our little breakdown of um, the, the different mistakes that we tend to make and just to kind of troubleshoot, like, are you making these communication mistakes? You know, is aware of what's going on and a very um, objective 
objective uh, quiz is, is useful. Excellent. So we will definitely link that in the show notes. So we always like to end our episode too with a takeaway. I know you guys gave so many nuggets. Is there any final thought you would like to wrap up the episode with that our listeners could actually do as a tangible action item? Right. Uh, a very tangible action item is actually to sit down. Sit down with yourself and, and, and feel, where am I in my relationship and what do I actually want? And be honest. It, it's a very simple question, but take your time to actually sit with it and, and write it down, uh, not from an intellectual perspective, but from an emotional perspective. And if, right? if someone is single, what would you say? Do the same thing, but what their ideal relationship would be? Oh, Absolutely. Yes, if you because if you're if you're single, you have been in relationships. That's good because you have experiences. You know what you don't like, right? And it's the same thing. Like you need to embody what you actually want. So live what you want. Live the relationship that you want with yourself as well, because that's where it starts. You allow people to a certain degree to treat you a certain way because you are not standing up for yourself, right? So if you are fully like, okay, this is the relationship I want then ask yourself, how am I showing up for myself today? Beautiful. Love that. Thank you both so much. Everyone listening, please check out your exceptional relationship. Again, we will put a link to that in the show notes. Follow the formula. It sounds phenomenal. Thank you so much for being here and have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you for having us. Thank you.